back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. And Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Oh my gosh, where did... Where where did the year go? I don't know. Like, I feel like we blinked and it's 2024. It is crazy. I mean, to be fair, we've had a pretty eventful 2023. It has. It really has been. It's been pretty crazy. I mean, I got a new place, uh, our first house. I got married. You got COVID? <laughs> the two kind of major, I got COVID right at the end. So yeah, I spent <laughs> Christmas uh, pretty much in bed, ill, which, yeah, as you can tell, I'm probably tell by my voice. Um, I'm glad yeah, you're feeling better. A, and I got shingles. So it was oh, also a very long, yeah, fun, you, honest year. You've <laughs> just had like... Man, I bet I bet you're uh, glad that 2023 is coming to an end. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a goodbye 2023. <laughs> don't don't let the door kick, hit you on the on the ass on the way out. <laughs> exactly. See, 2023 wasn't horrible. It was a rough fall. My teenagers had a rough go at at, at teenage life. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to 2024. My son graduates high school, goes off to college. My daughter gets her driver's license. Um. So big, big things coming in 2024 for us. You had a big with your marriage mm-hmm. and new place. And so, yeah, but wow, it's, but it's yeah. over. Here's 2024. I mean, we're recording this still in 2023, <laughs> but no one's going to listen to it until 2024. So it's like. Exactly. So yeah, but now future us is, is, is like a distant memory. I know. <laughs> but when it's you think crazy. about 2023 book wise, it was a pretty interesting year. We were just talking about this before we started recording that it just felt like it was just a weird year of books we read. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we did we had um, some good releases because pretty much all of our favorite fantasy writers had new books out. We had Holly Black, we had Lee Bardugo, we had um, uh, Jennifer L. Armentrout. So we, um, and of course we had... Rebecca Yaris bringing two books out, mm-hmm. and also Shelby Maharin, which we haven't read yet, but nope. <laughs> that could be a twenty twenty four read. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we had we had a pretty good a pretty good year for for new releases. Yeah. So, well, we'll get into that a little bit later when we share our <laughs> our reflection personally on our books and identify our our favorites of the year. Um, so, uh, so that's coming, but let's kind of jump into some end of the year news. Um, as we're talking about reading and going into 2024, um, how do you read most of your books, Liz? Do you read actual physical copies? Do you do eBooks? Do you do audio? What do you do? Um, I prefer physical, but I've got to admit, like, ebooks has been creeping up more and more just because obviously when we get arcs and um when you have kind of a good kindle sale (laughs) it's a lot cheaper than buying physical books so i i think i would say that ebooks is starting to creep more um kind of into the the more books read in a year but i'm still prefer physical over over digital yeah I tend to do audio. It's the only way I can get through more than one book a month. Um, but I would agree with the digital. So the reason I bring that up is because a uh, the University of Valencia did a study on the impact of comprehension 
between reading print versus looking at digital text. Mm -hmm. So, and we know that everything is moving digital. You know, you scroll through on Bookstagram and you see everyone who's getting their new Kindle paper whites for Christmas and the holidays. And it's just, um, like you said, it's cheaper. Like eBooks tend to be a lot cheaper than the physical books. Um, I'm a big fan of physical books, um, yeah. but still, but it's interesting because it says that, um, this new study states that, um, reading print improves comprehension more than looking at digital text. And it actually says that it can boost comprehension skills six to eight times more than digital reading. That's pretty impressive. I mean, maybe it's partly to do with the way that the eyes focus on like a a page, a financial paper page compared to a digital screen, like the way that maybe the light bounces off and you absorb more if you're not also trying to absorb the light as such. <laughs> Yeah, and I also think that, you know, um, the idea that when we're on our, like, technology and phones, not only the light, but our brain is used to going through things really quickly, like, we scroll. I mean, that's what we do nine times out of ten when we're on on our on our devices we're just kind of scrolling so I think like you see less words on a digital screen than you do in a print and so I think our brain is almost kind of trained to go quick through it um definitely and I because I feel like I I somehow read quicker when I'm on my kindle I always find that I don't know why but I mean maybe that could be the reason why yeah um and it just like this article about the study goes on to talk about the reading mindset for digital text tends to be more shallow. Um, like we were just saying, the the study talks about the, um, scanning the text is more common yeah. when you're online than when you're looking at a print. So it's just interesting. And I think as adults, it's not super whatever for us. Like we're adults, we've we've learned how to read we you know whatever it's not as as big yeah but i think the impact does come to kids um you know who are you know you see kids nowadays you know as young as three maybe even younger on like tablets and watching cartoons and playing i mean sometimes they're playing educational games i know my kids did um but then as they become you know get into school and they're reading um it's kind of an interesting look at how if kids are reading digitally as they're learning to read how that could potentially impact their comprehension skills no definitely i think that's that's really interesting kind of um conversation that i'm hoping that schools are going to be having especially the lower schools um as the kids are starting to learn so that we don't make that too much of a transition from physical books to to like kindles or to laptops or to tablets because it's also, it's not just that, but obviously on physical books, you have all of the all of the images, all the pictures, whereas you don't really get the same effect. Even if you're seeing it on a laptop, mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's, you're yeah. not absorbing it as much. And then obviously you have the books that have got all like that feely stuff, like the different materials, which is really good for, for sensory for the children. So I think physical books is still something that should be a massive part of 
of children of kind of children's um, education. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so something interesting as you're, you know, thinking about your format and reflecting on how many books you read versus ebooks <laughs> from the year. Uh, all right, what else? What else is going on? Oh, what is going on? Well, uh, as of, well, technically today, from the day that our recordings dropped, uh, it is Public Domain Day. So this is um, where thousands of copyrighted materials from 1928 uh, is entering the US public domain. So this is, there's, there's quite a few, uh, most, mostly we've gone through the list and there haven't been many that we've recognized as much. Um, but there's been things like Peter Pan is going into public domain this year. Um, and uh, Ladies, Lady Chatterley's Lover is going into public domain. But the main one is uh, Steamboat Willie, which is obviously the early concept of Mickey Mouse that, um, that Disney created. But um, it is only Steamboat Willie because every other Mickey Mouse um, image is now protected by the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, which <laughs> Holly just taught me today, and it sounds amazing. Well, yeah, because, like, Disney – I mean, Disney's Disney. Disney is, like, huge. Um <clears throat> We're actually getting ready to go to Disney on uh, Wednesday for, for a little vacation before we all head back to school. But Disney is very, 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 very protective of their work. And rightfully so, because it's so popular and it's it's so mainstreamed and it, there's just so much connected to it. Um, but they have really pushed and fought for um, for their their copyright, and they don't mess around when people use use their images without permission. Um, and so they, it's not like an official like law or act or something that's been passed by Congress or anything as far as this like Mickey Mouse Protection Act. But it's 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 what they've been able to do and accomplish to be able to protect some of their, you know, their intellectual work. And it's just kind of been called the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. And it just, it, it extends the Disney copyright, you know, a little bit longer than, than yeah. copyrights normally um, work for. So I mean, only Disney could do that. Only it's... Disney could, <laughs> could extend a copyright to keep did Mickey Mouse out of, um, out of public property. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'm sure not much is going to happen with Steamboat Willie being in public domain, but it just means that people can use it now. They can pull that image and um, for whatever they want and put it on flyers and put it on their, you know, websites or whatever because it's in public domain. It's it's free now to be used. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so it's interesting. We can we can now write books about Steamboat Willie being a character in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We'll make it all, all okay. <laughs> That's right. That'll be our new our new podcast logo. We'll have Steamboat Willie in it. <laughs> so funny. Um. So there's this other story that um we looked at potentially talking about last episode, but with the book club, um, it just we knew it was going to be a long episode, um. But it's interesting, Liz, because this episode we have actually two stories coming out of your uh, area of the world. But this one, <laughs> this first story, um, is is kind of kind of gross. Um, bed bugs, ew. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, you hear about bed bugs in like hotels and and issues there, but this 
is a story about bed bugs that um, ended up closing a library in London uh, because books were returned pretty much infested with bed bugs. Yeah, the bed the bed bugs just wanted to read. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and well, unfortunately, uh, so bed bugs were rife in Paris um, a few months ago. They had a massive, massive um, endemic, I guess, or pandemic of of bed bugs, and then it reached London because obviously there's loads of people who travel across from France. Um, and so, yeah, unfortunately, luckily, it hasn't kind of got down to my area. I'm staying away from anyone who's gone to London. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping it is. I think we are starting to, starting to see a decrease. But this one was the I uh, was a West London library. Um, and yeah, they were finding bed bugs in their returned books. Um, oh. So they had to be closed to do a, a thorough kind of clean and um and treatment to all of the furnishings in the library and and the books, which yeah, it's, it's a pretty horrible thing. And uh, and I've now had to have the the uh, article open with a picture of a bed bug, which is like <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm you just don't. Down. <laughs> I know, I just scrolled too. You don't. It just it's just weird because you don't really hear a lot about bed bug infestations and. And, and to the point that it actually shuts a whole facility down. But, um, yeah. And it's funny because, like, in the article, it's, like, um, North Holt Library. Um, but I guess the they posted when this happened, uh, they posted on their Twitter like, X. I will never call Twitter X, <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole other topic. But I guess the <laughs> the library posted on, you know, made a tweet or whatever, and it said that, you know, we're sorry to inform you that we are having to temporarily close North Holt Library following sightings of a small number of bed bugs. That, that, I question that. Why would you close the entire library for a small number of bed bugs? I suppose probably because if you've seen a small amount, the chances are there's much more than a small amount in the library. It's like termites. And it's probably in like the the carpet and in the the sofas and. <laughs> but then they go on to say, due to a pet infestation, that's definitely more than a small number. We have temporarily removed soft furnishings from public use. The seats are currently being treated with pest control chemicals, um, and it, the library ended up being closed for a week to do all of its treatment. Sad times. I know. But it's open now, so if you're in the area, you can freely go to North Holt Library and check out books. Just check them for bed bugs. <laughs> you don't want to bring them fun. home? I know. All right, but there's another library story, Liz, that's really cool. There is. It's, it's a ni- this is a much nicer one. This is not an, an icky one at all. So um, in Manchester... There is a 218-year-old library, which is above a Manchester pub, and it's preparing for a £7 million redevelopment. Um, They've secured funds to create dining, meeting, exhibition, and educational spaces. And this is Portico Library in Manchester. And if you look at pictures of it, it looks... Gorgeous. It looks amazing. It looks like a 218-year-old library. It does look stunning. It's really, really nice library. I'm interested to see what they do with the redevelopment of it. Um, 
because it, you know looking at the current pictures and how beautiful it is it's it's like I hope that they don't destroy the charm of it right now you know like yeah know. definitely it's, I mean they do say that most of their collection is 19th century works which is pretty impressive yeah um so I think they'll probably retain they'll try and retain as much as the historical aesthetic to it I guess because you're not going to have a modern looking library with 18 books from 1800s it just wouldn't look right but the fact that's over a pub that's just so cool like yeah that is pretty impressive so I don't know how far away that is compared to where you live but I think you need to like (laughs) get on the train and make a pilgrimage to to this library for some research I think I might have to at some point. I will definitely look it up. <laughs> <laughs> How far away is it? Is Manchester from you? It's a good few hours drive. It's, it's quite far up north. Okay. Because you're so, south, right? Yeah, kind of south, uh, southeast. Southeast. Okay. All right. But super cool. So, um, so, so <laughs> yeah, look up the Manchester library over a pub and look at the pictures because it's gorgeous. Um. All right, so our last little thing we want to talk about as it is the end of the year, beginning of the new year, um, is we talked last episode about a lot of the um, the book awards, like with the oddest book of the year. We talked about the Goodreads um, kind of Reader's Choice Awards. And for some reason, we couldn't remember, Liz, if we actually talked about this or not. So we're just going to do a very quick, <laughs> brief overview in case we did talk about it last week. But that's the Barnes and Noble and Waterstone books of the year. So Barnes and Noble is um kind of like the the US version of Waterstones. Um is yeah, that's always how I owned by the same people, aren't they? Yeah. And I because I, I think that's kinda how we've always like approached it. It's like the same company. Barnes and Noble is just their version here. Um and Waterstones is their version um in, in England. But the Barnes and Noble Book of the Year, which I believe we did mention last last week, is The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Um, it's a pretty like it's been on my TBR since it came out, but you know my TBR is just I don't even keep track of it, so you know it's there. <laughs> um, but that was the Barnes and Noble Book of the Year. Um, what was the Waterstones Book of the Year? So the Waterstones, it's interesting because I was trying to look it up, um, but I believe last year the Waterstones and the Barnes & Noble were the same book of the year last year, which it is was. I Lessons in that. Chemistry. Yep. Um, but I think it's been like that most years, or like, at, least, at least since we've been in this, this podcast. But this year, they are two pretty different um, books. Very so, different. So uh, the one for Waterstones is Impossible Creatures. So this is actually a, a children's fiction, which again is something's unheard of we don't we don't really read about books of the years being a, a children's book so it shows just how popular this this series has been um so yeah impossible creatures and that's kind of cool. i think it's got dragons and yeah like it's a children's fantasy novel yeah so yeah so that's cool and it's cool that okay that was really weird we apologize for um that quick cutoff but um my computer died. Yeah, we're we're true okay. <laughs> true podcast professionals. <laughs> yeah, the curse of twenty twenty three is still with us. 
know. <laughs> so sorry that we got cut off. Um, but but uh, thankfully, it was right at the end of our conversation of impossible creatures. So um, but everything is working. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be back to dive into some more book-specific conversations. So we'll be right back. Welcome back during the break. I did make sure that everything is good with my computer. Sorry, Liz. It's okay. It's okay. I thought we're it was back. me to be fair because my headphones were going dead, so it gave me a chance to quickly plug them in. Oh, so see, I did it on purpose to help you out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. We'll go with that. Um, exactly. All right. So let's kind of talk about um, some some reading and some books and stuff. Um, you set a Goodreads goal this year, right? Yep. And so did I. What was your goal? What was your reading goal? Uh, 70. 70 books, which is so impressive. I, yeah, last year, last year I read 90 books in total. So I thought, okay, I know that this year was going to be busier. So I was like, I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to lower the number. What was it? How many did you read last year? Last year I read 49 books and my mm -hmm. goal was I believe my goal was 30 so this year I upped it to 35 because um, I I know I I like I'm so impressed with my number um, but I have a reason why my number was high this year um, but I I said my goal is low because I want to feel great when I achieve them and so yeah. I never want to feel, and I kind of mentioned this before we started recording, I never want to feel that reading becomes something I'm forced to do or I feel obligated to do to um, reach a certain goal or a certain number. So I set it really, 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 really low. And it makes me feel really, <laughs> really good about myself when I when I yeah. meet my goal. Um, so yeah, so last year it was 30. This year it was 35. Um and how many, and so yours is 70 this year. What did you, yeah. what are you going to finish the year with? Uh, well, currently, as of the 30th of December at quarter to six at night, um, <laughs> I am on 69 books. But uh, I was literally, I've, I've been reading this book and I've got, uh, let's say like one hour and 27 minutes left of it. So this one, I'm pretty, pretty confident I'm going to uh, finish. So yeah. I should finish on 70. So dead on seven, dead on my target. Okay, so nicely done. Um, what are you thinking about for your goal for next year? I'm probably going to lower it. Lower it. Because I don't, yeah, I don't want the, the same sort of pressure. I probably, I'm probably going to look at about 60 maybe. Okay. I think that's a bit more kind of realistic with, while still kind of being a goal. Like yeah. With still being a challenge. How about you? Um. So, yeah, so I'm going to, um, I'm going to go to 40. I think that that's, mm -hmm. I think, you know, the last several years I have surpassed 40. So I'm pretty sure that I will be able to do that this year. Um, especially also, knowing. I was going to say, also your son's going off to college, so you're going to have free time then. Uh, once your, um, once your daughter's on the road, there'll be no more lifts. So that'll be even more free time. And see, you and that's kind of. 60. I know. So that's, that, that's kind of 
what I'm thinking too is that like the spring might be a little busy um, as we get my son graduated and over the summer as we get him moved to college. Uh, so I think I'm not going to have quite as much time in the in the first part of the year, but the second part of the year, like <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like I will have 50% of my children at the house. She'll start driving, um, and it'll be fantastic and so I will so I'm hoping like I still think I'll be able to easily surpass 40 books but um I like 40 and depending on how I do I can see myself keeping 40 for a while um for the next couple of years so how many books have you read so far this year so I will finish this year at 58 wow and that is that's huge for me. Um, yeah, so even though, I mean, the last couple of years I finished at 49, the last two years. So, I mean, it's only nine books more. But I think part of the reason, yeah, part of the reason is I read two, um, two graphic novels. And so they're shorter. So I blew through each of those in like a day or two. Um, <laughs> and then there was... There was oh, and then I read um, <laughs> Womb, um, which was like <laughs> 120 pages and three hours of my life I'll never get back. Um, but I read that in a day. So I read I did read three books that were really really quick reads, um, which definitely helped. But I mean, even taking those those three out, I'd still be sitting at 55. So yeah, exactly, and also you've read some big books like. Um, some of the Jennifer L. Armentrout we read this year, that was a beast of a book. Um, Fourth Wing and Iron Flame, they were big books. So you've read a lot of a lot of chunkers. And we read Stephen big, King's 1122. 11, yep. Which so, is a beast. That was, yeah. So it was massive. Um, so I know, like, you know, Goodreads will tell you when you when you go and you look at the app um, and you look at your... It hasn't come up yet. My special thing for the year hasn't come up. Well, you don't have the... Like on your app, when you go to my books and you scroll a little bit and you'll see your reading challenge right under it, you should see 2023 year and year in books. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. Um, no, mine doesn't. You don't have it yet? Because, I mean, I, I probably, you probably can't see it. There we go. Oh, because mine looks like that. I know those listening going, what are you guys doing? We're showing each other our, our apps <laughs> on this, on our little Zoom call. Yeah, um, I was really sad because everyone's showing this and I'm like, I can't see mine yet. Oh. I'm but yeah. have to update my app or something. Oh, but. maybe. Because I know like it shows me that I've read the 58 books and I've read 19,670 pages. Oof. So that's, nice. a, yeah. So um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with my number of pages read this year. Oh, 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 I've just, I've just got it working. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, 69 books so far, 26,386 pages. Woohoo! <laughs> that is a lot of pages. What was your, what was your longest book? My longest book was, um, 11-22-63 at 849 pages. Nice. What was yours? Hey, what just... I mean, in theory, that would be mine, but I'm mine's coming up. Assassin's Quest um, by Robin Hobb at eight hundred and eight eight hundred and thirty eight. But huh. yeah, in theory, mine should be eleven twenty two sixty three. <laughs> so I must have put in a version. Yeah, because oh. no, my version that I put into Goodreads it says seven hundred and forty pages. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> what was your shortest book? 
Uh, oh, I just clicked off now. Hang on a second. My shortest book was a Christmas read. It was one called The Art of Christmas, and it's seventy-seven pages. Oh, <laughs> oh mine was mine was Womb, um, <laughs> by Duncan Ralston, which is one hundred and thirty-one pages. So <laughs> that's still pretty good for a short book, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty and, good. Uh, I mean, and my most shelved book, surprise, surprise, is going to be exactly the same as yours, which is Verity. Yep. Yep. Three mil- <laughs> almost four million shelved. Crazy. What was your average rating for your for your books? At four point two. Um, I was four point one. See, I told you before we started recording. I had so many three and four star reads this year. It was yeah. really, really weird. Like I enjoyed my books. But I, it was a year that I wasn't, like, super, super blown away by a ton. Yeah. I'm trying to see. We can't see our last years. That's such a shame. I know. But. We should be oh. Oh, what's, what was your average book length? Just whilst we're on the topic. My average book length. Uh, 339 pages. Nice. What was uh, yours? 300, 382. Oh. It's because I read some big kind of fantasy books this year. I yeah. That's what kind of what even out. And that's pretty impressive that, that you read, you know, almost 70 books and you're reading these like big chunker of books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like the shorter books. But <laughs> <laughs> I like books that are like between four and 500 pages. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think 700 gets a little bit too extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes that's you're nice. like, probably could have cut out about 150 to 200 pages. Like, you know, sometimes it, it, it does feel like they're pushing it just to make the book yeah. longer. Definitely. But, um, well, as we round out December um, and the holiday season, we always kind of like to try to read some holiday books. What did you, did you read any? Uh, I read a few. The one, I feel like the ones I read last year were better though. I, I agree. feel like the, because I remember, like for example, obviously I sent you one of the, the Christmas books last year because it was so good, um, which is the... Holiday Swap, wasn't it? Holiday Swap, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had some really good Christmas reads last year, but this year was kind of lacking. Uh, the probably some of the main ones I read that I I enjoyed uh, the Christmas Book Club by Sarah Morgan, mm. and that one I actually read another of hers last year for Christmas called um, Snowed in at Christmas I think it was called, mm. um, and also another Christy Barlow's um, which was a Winter Wedding at Starcross Manor that one I really enjoyed, um, but also uh, we so last year we mentioned on our kind of our top reading list of 2022 we mentioned about the christmas books and there was one which was called something like jack frost and something mm-hmm. but um this one i read the next one in the series which came out this year and that was holly versus mr ivy and that was just a, a nice little short story i think it was like 100 and something page uh, 291 pages um and that was just a cute one so there were a few Aww. nice ones but none that were like oh my god amazing uh, how about you I only read two. Um, I read um, A December to Remember by Jenny Bayless. Last year I read her 12 Dates of Christmas book and mm. loved it. So so I was excited to read another another book by her this year. Um, I guess I, I think I went into it with the wrong state of mind. Like it was a good book. It was cute, but it wasn't, it wasn't 
Christmassy. It wasn't like a holiday book. And it was just, it felt more like a contemporary fiction set around family um, that just happened to be set in December. And they had to like, you know, um, kind of put on a, a winter solstice festival for their community. So, I mean, it was like wintry, but it wasn't holiday. It wasn't Christmassy. Um, but it was still good. Like, I still enjoyed it. But then I read, um, so last year I also read, and I think you also recommended The Santa Suit by Mary Kay Andrews. Uh, I've, I didn't, I wasn't the one recommending that, but yeah, I, did, I read that one. That was oh, pretty okay. sweet. Um, so she had a new book out this year, um, Bright Lights, Big Christmas. And so I read that one, and that's the one I just finished reading earlier this week. And I absolutely adored it and what's was so super cute about it was um that the main character she lives in north carolina in the mountains and they do like they have a christmas tree farm but every year they take christmas trees up to new york city and they set up a stand in new york city um to sell these you know tolliver family farm fresh from the mountain pine like christmas trees and while she's up there she there she meets like this little six-year-old boy and she tells him the story of the lady who finds the santa suit in her closet with the letter and i'm like oh so and i love it when books make references to to the other books because it they they're from the same town like the main characters from the same town from um the santa suit story so it was it was just super cute i loved it it was it was my favorite i only read two holiday books but definitely (laughs) my favorite holiday book but it was super cute yeah so it was pretty cute last year yeah this one i think was a little bit longer of a book um than the santa suit i remember the santa suit being um fairly short um as a book but you know it is what it is so (laughs) Yeah, so there's some um, holiday books to add to your uh, your list for next year. All right, what are you currently reading? That what is that 69th book you're or the 70th book you're reading? Uh, it's actually, do you know, I think it's on your your challenges for next year by somebody, but it is. Oh, I'm just bringing it up again. Remarkably bright creatures. Yes, I've heard so many great things about it. Are you loving it? It is very cute. It's. I found it difficult to get into at the beginning because okay. it is quite a. It, it's a reasonably biggish book. It's about three hundred and sixty pages, so it's not like short, but it's not long. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you kind of get to some point, it's really kind of it's quite cutesy and quite. Um, it's just kind of feel good, but I feel like it's going to be intense and ending like emotional oh. ending. But no, it's it's really sweet, and you've got the multiple POVs. So I love that. So yeah. And one of the POVs is the um, is the the octopus in the aquarium. I think that's amazing. Like, yeah, I can't. Marcellus, the octopus. <laughs> I can't wait. I am so excited for my twelve and twelve by twelve um, challenge this you. year. Really <laughs> you really need to. I I got some of the most amazing recommendations, and I'm just I'm. So 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 excited and they're all in genres that i i love so i'm not like mm-hmm. i don't have like any historical fiction or non-fiction or anything on the list that are making me like would probably make me want to put the book off um 
So uh, yeah. So snap to it, Liz. You know. Yeah, I need to get on with it. I was trying to find yours on on there. I've, I'm sure I've actually read a few of yours on the list because I know that you've got one dark window on there, which mm -hmm. is really good. And I think um, you read Belladonna. I have that on there too. Belladonna, yeah, that was really good. And that's, yeah. both of those are also du duologies as well. So, yeah. so you've got one dark window and then two two twisted crowns. And Belladonna's sequel is something that I can't remember <laughs> right now. It's something. Um, it's something, but there is a sequel yet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you need to um, get yours out so we can yeah, talk about what okay. ends up on being on yours. Because I know that you were thinking about doing it in a different way this year. So I'm eager to. Yeah, I think I think I might do half and half. I think I might do, like, here's some of the, my books I haven't read. But feel free to also recommend new books. Because mm. then I can get a nice kind of nice mix. Yeah. How also, okay, here's the question. From this year's challenge, so we're talking 2023 challenge. Oh. How many books did you actually read from it? <laughs> Um, I, I think I did, <laughs> I am so sorry. I have not read Babel yet. Um, <laughs> I know, um, <clears throat> I do still want to read it and, um, I definitely need to read it, but I think that I, out of the 12 books, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I read, I read nine. I read nine out of the 12, which is exactly That's what I did, did the prior year. Yep. <laughs> I How think I did you? about five last year. I, last year I did about five. This year, um, Remarkably Bright Creatures, funny enough, is on this 2023 challenge. Oh. Um, yes, that's pretty funny. So, including that one, um, I think it will be seven. But I'm also reading Little Thieves at the moment, um, which is also on my list. So, it probably won't be done by, by New Year. But, yeah. So, that will make it eight. Okay. It's not too bad. That's a lot better than I did than I did last year. I think like, last year I'd say it was about five. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, like, I'm really excited about the books on my list, and I think it really made a difference. Like, when I posted it, I I included, like, here here are my, my go-to genres that I like to read. So if you can recommend mm -hmm. something from these genres, um, I, you know, I would appreciate it. So I think I have a great a great mixture of, like, fantasy, contemporary. Um, I think I have, like, horror uh, like a horror thriller on there um so okay. yeah i'm pretty so, i'm pretty stoked about it okay so talking of the 12 books in 2023 what would you say were there any that kind of were big surprises for you that um you read and you didn't think that you'd love but you really enjoyed um so Yes, so Lessons in Chemistry was on my list, and I absolutely adored, adored so that good. book. Um, then there were, so there was three. So Lessons in Chemistry, for sure, was one that I just, I just loved. It's not that it surprised me. It did in the sense that it's kind of more of a historical fiction book, because it's, it's, it's set back in the, the 60s. Yeah. But it wasn't, the 60s, the time period didn't drive the book which is why I think it it, it was okay um, but I, I just yeah. loved it then I read um, how not to drown in a glass of water <laughs> I know that I'm one <laughs> yeah that one really surprised me but in in a good way like I kind of went into it going you know what is this book gonna be and it's about this this um 
this lady who immigrated to New York City and she's going to she's she's going to like one of those workplace um, counselors who's trying to help her get a job and but instead she just kind of like uses the count like the career counselor as like a therapist and she just tells her whole life story and it's just it it just it was really surprising how much I enjoyed it it was just the main character was just so kooky and crazy and funny and just like you know extreme um, but she was it was it was a super super fun book and then the other one that surprised me was the watchers and it was it was like a it was kind of like a like a horror kind of thriller book it would have been good to read in October um, but it was I really really enjoyed that one that one surprised me too because I'd never heard of it before and then going into it and it was really interesting and what about bringing the, the other, you bringing the other four on to next year there's only three. I read nine out of 12, so it's only three. Um, so one of them is Woman on Fire. Um, I don't know necessarily that I am going to worry about getting that one. Um, but the other one, uh, the other two, one of them being, you know, Babel, they're not going to be part of my challenge, but they're going to remain on my list that I, I do want to eventually read. Um, it's just, like, I don't know, I don't know, like, why I can't be like, ah, oh, I'm going to read Babel right now. Like, I know it's going to be good. <laughs> I know I'm going to love it. It's just, I just don't know what's, why I just yeah, keep moving. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So what about you? What about, um, anything out, out of your seven, eight books that you're reading that surprised um, you or... Yeah, so one of the ones was um, Daughter of the Moon Goddess. That was actually a fairy date book that I've I've had quite on my shelf for quite a while. But that one I really enjoyed um, a lot more than I thought it would. I would, and um, not really a surprise, but Assassin's Apprentice I've really enjoyed. That was the first one in the trilogy of Robin Hood. And it's the first Hob brother, and it's the first yeah. Robin Hob that I'd read, um, and that kind of kick started my my sort of love of that writer um i've read read like all three of that trilogy now this year um but i think the rest of them i i enjoyed the majority of them i mean midnight chernobyl was really good it was pretty hard going at times Mm -hmm. because it was very scientific at the beginning but that was really fascinating learning more about chernobyl um and learning also about the after effects of it so that was really fascinating and the ones I've got left, so I've got The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson, Dead Silence. Uh, I've got Eight Perfect Murders. And I think, yeah, because I'm reading two at the moment. So, oh, and then also The Tethered Mage. Oh, I have that one too. I, I, I was going to say you've got that one, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't read that one yet either. <laughs> but that does sound good. I, I think I will, yeah, like you, I, they won't be brought on to this year's challenge but I do want to read them especially like Dead Silence and The Way to Blood sound really interesting because Dead Silence sounds like a kind of sci-fi thrillery type mm, yeah it just screams um, like um, Project Hail Mary so yeah oh and I loved that book <laughs> oh such a good book um, awesome. yeah uh, well to move into what um, the New York Times bestseller list says, it says the same thing it said last week. 
And I'm pretty sure it says the same thing it said the week before. There really haven't been any changes. Number one is still fourth wing. Number two is still Iron Flame. I'm sure those were huge holiday holiday gift books. Number three is the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. We talked about the fact that, you know, last week, that's why I think we talked about that being Barnes & Noble's pick was because it was number three last yeah. week. Um, yeah. Number four is still John Grisham's The Exchange. And number five is still Icebreaker, that hockey romance book by Hannah Grace. And okay. all of these books have been in the, like, on the bestsellers list for at least eight weeks. No, seven weeks. Iron Flame is the newest. It's the baby to the list at seven weeks. So there really hasn't been a big change. And I think we talked about that because the December, the end of December, there really weren't a lot of huge books coming out. Yeah. The only one that did come out we thought we we would see is the um, sequel to Divine Rivals because that came out a few days ago. Which means it'll be next week. It'll be on next week's list because it has to be, yeah, yeah, because it needs to be out for the week. Um, So, yeah, so next week we'll hopefully see some some shifting. Uh, But even in the young adult hardback, which is the other category we kind of look at, it's still Murtaugh by, um, you know, Christopher Polini. It's been number one since it was released seven weeks ago. Now, that's pretty crazy. Divine Rivals is sitting at number two. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm no, sure it, no it. Yeah, and it bumped up. I'm sure over the last couple of weeks because um, of the the sequel coming the out. Sequel. Yeah. And and I've just seen I've seen it a lot more recent recently on um, Instagram too. A lot more people posting about it. Mm, no, definitely. And I just finished definitely. it. I finished it like maybe two weeks ago. I read it. Um, that was one of my December reads. So. Did you end up liking it? Because you weren't sure about it when we last spoke. I did. I I liked it. Unpopular opinion. I don't think it lived up to the hype that mm. people are putting out there about it. But I, I did enjoy it. I did really enjoy it. I'm going to okay. read the sequel. Um, but it it was, yeah, it was it was good. It You know, I did. <laughs> yeah. I did like it. So. Nice. All right. What do we have coming up? Yeah, so we have got a few more than last time um, coming up in the last, the next few weeks, rather. Uh, the first book we've got coming out on the 9th of January for the US and the 4th of January for the UK is Argyle by Ellie Conway. Um, and then we've got Alex Michelidis, um, who wrote The Silent Patient. Um, he's got his new book, The Fury, coming out on the 16th of January in the US and on the 1st of February. So we've got a few few extra weeks to wait in the UK. And then finally, we've got the um, writer Nita Prose, who uh, wrote The Maid. This is the sequel to that and it's called The Mystery Guest. And it comes out in the UK on the 18th of January. And in America, it's already come out back in November. So Probably one of the biggest gaps that we've probably we've seen for book releases, yeah. uh, almost two months. But yeah, there you have it. Yep. So, and I'm excited about Argyle. It's it, they're making it into a movie too. Um, I know. Yeah. So, and that's the only reason that was the, my first introduction to it was I saw mm-hmm. we were seeing a movie and it, the the trailer um, for Argyle played, and I was like, what? And so then I looked it up and I'm like. There's so many books 
that I want to be made into movies. And here we have one that's not even <laughs> out yet, and the movie's coming out with it. And it's that's just crazy. like, ah! So. That's absolutely crazy. I know. So. But. There, there's, we're starting a new year, so we're gonna like, you know, obviously there's a lot of good books coming out this year that I'm so excited for. Um, but Liz, the time has come. We are gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna have to start talking about our our favorite reads, our top reads dun, of the year. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, and we're back for our final segment of the show, which is our annual year in review. Um, so we've already kind of talked a lot about some of the books we've been reading, but um, now we're going to kind of deep dive into some of them. So before we get into our top 12, because we pick our monthly favorite for the 12 months and then our overall favorite for the year, so we'll save that to the end. So let's kind of start with some kind of fun things. What was the strangest book you read this year um mine would probably be Dreamcatcher by Stephen King it was just weird like the ending it was very convoluted and just really strange I did it as a buddy read with Steph um mm. from our book club and all the time we're both like do you understand what's going on no do you no <laughs> so yeah it was it was one of those kind of books uh, it was very kind of convoluted and just weird um it was like a sci-fi alien um type esque book true Stephen King style <laughs> well Stephen King does re- write some strange books so not overly yeah, so surprised that um, yeah that was definitely my my strangest book of the year of the year Hey, do you know what mine was? (laughs) I've only talked about it a million times. Any chance? Is it the Naga book? It is the Naga book. The strangest book I read was definitely I Married a Naga um, by Regine Abel. Um, Now, it wasn't necessarily bad. Like, I didn't, like, hate it. It was just weird and strange and I know I've talked about it but she marries a snake man and yeah and 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 yeah <laughs> I bet I bet Womb must have come a close second Womb definitely came a close second but <laughs> Womb was was more disturbing than it was strange um don't get me wrong it was definitely a strange book but yeah, womb just left me like wanting uh, a very hot bath. Yeah, can I get rid of the ache? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So, but when it just comes to like, you know, I married Inaga was just it was just strange. It was just different. It was just weird. It was just something just so out of the ordinary, so different from anything I've read that it like I would read it. And I'm like, what am I reading? But again, it wasn't bad. Like, you know, I thought she wrote well. I thought that the plot line was good. It was just like, you know, if I could read and pretend that they were all like humanoid, then, but you just couldn't get past the fact that 
he's a snake. A snake. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but that was my strange, <laughs> my strangest book. That's, that's pretty strange. Okay. Um, so, okay. On from the strangest to the biggest disappointment. So this could be one that you just had so much hype for, and it could could have been the letdown, or just that you outright were so disappointed. So what was your biggest disappointment of 2023? Probably the London Seance Society by Sarah Penner. Um, she wrote The Lost Apothecary, which I read a couple years ago. And I really, I liked it. Um, and it was like, that one was split between, it had two timelines. It was split between modern time mm. and like the past. London Sand Society, I did not realize how much of a historical fiction book it was going to be, but how, also how little it would deal with actual seances. Like, I was just, I really wanted more. I had higher hopes for, for it. I could have gotten, you know, past the historical fiction aspects of it if it had been more developed as far as, like the seances Um, they're just you know I would say the last three chapters of the book were great but the rest of the book was just so disappointing so yeah what about you what was your biggest disappointment of the year mine is more a writer than one single book uh which I hate to say is Katrina Ward because I say I read uh Sundial and I'll say the short story that was in the um, the ghost stories from this year and I enjoyed them they were good there's nothing wrong with them but they were not a patch on the last house on Needless Street yeah. and I just feel like she peaked so much with that with that book and she hasn't been able to beat it since that I've read and I just Sundar was good it was on a but it just didn't have that same kind of the sense of discomfort the sense of unease the, the tension um that the last house on new district conveyed so well so my question for you is had you read sundial first and then read last house on needless street so if you didn't have last house on needless street to reference when you read sundial what do you think do you think that needless street was just that good that anything else after that would never compare I think so. I think we, because do you remember we had this conversation um, the year before last mm-hmm. for House um, House on Ceridian Sea because you read Whispering Door after that one. I read it first and mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, Under the Whispering Door more because of the fact I'd read it first. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's the same situation. So if I'd read Sundial first, I think I would have enjoyed Sundial a lot more. Yeah. But because I read Hasman Need History and it was just such a, a masterpiece that it's so hard to fully enjoy a book that Oh yeah. Not as good as that. <laughs> well, and and definitely like the twist at the end of Sundial does not even come close to the twist at the end mm-hmm. of Needless Street. By... You don't have a Bible a Bible reading cat, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you gotta love the cat, like those animals in those books. Now, like like the the octopus and beautiful creatures, um, super excited for. Okay, so those are our biggest disappointments. 
what about genres like when it comes down to like when you look back at all of your books what were some of your biggest genres that you read I mean, it's it's been this is it's most it's the same pretty much most years. Which surprise, surprise, fantasy is probably my biggest kind of genre. Um, followed by romance, I guess maybe romance slash thriller. So kind of I've got a lot of thrillers, but romance, especially around about like February, obviously like Valentine's month. Um, that I've read quite a few there, but no, fantasy is like way ahead of anything else. <laughs> yeah, mine is really surprising. I think that this year I have definitely fantasy. And, I, and it's funny because I, all the time I say, I don't read a lot of romance. I don't read a lot of romance. But my romance books this year were very well you know, challenging and rivaling my numbers for fantasy, um, which might be why I feel like I had such a weird year of books because I'm not used mm. to reading so many romance that it just felt weird. But, you know, fantasy, romance, and contem- contemporary were my top three. Um, so um, what was your least read genre? Um, probably historical fiction. Yeah. Because I think I may have read about two or three this year. And I definitely read more last year for that. So, yeah, I think it must have been about maybe about three of those I've read. Yeah. My, uh, How about you? Mine is definitely nonfiction. Um, I don't care for nonfiction. The only nonfiction, <laughs> but, I mean, the only nonfiction I read was um, Tom Felton's memoir, Beyond the Wand. That's so good. I know. So uh, definitely, like, I typically tend to maybe read, like, one memoir a year. um, If there's one that's out that kind of, like, I'm intrigued by. Um, Yeah. And so, of course, I love Harry Potter, so. I mean, that was a great memoir. I quite like memoirs, but I don't tend to, I only listen to them. I find that audiobooks of the memoirs are so much better. Oh, And I enjoy them more. Especially when they're read by the person. Yeah, and exactly that's the it's the only way to do it. Uh, yeah, I think I read about five about five memoirs this year. I read um, Billy Connolly, Tom Felton. I read uh, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. That was a really good one. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it's it an interesting year. I didn't read as many um, as I have done in the past, just because I've been reading fiction as well as nonfiction on audio. Um, so it's been a bit of a change up this year. Wow, cool. So yeah. Well, should we just dive into our months? Let's do it. All right, let's start. January. Liz, what is your top read from January 2023? Mine is at Hellbent by Lee Bardugay. Oh. Did you read it in January? Yeah. I, I got was... it on the day it came Well, pretty much I got it on the day it came out. But do you remember, because I, it was because um, we had a kind of a switch over. So you got Holly Black when it came out, and I didn't get the new Holly Black until yes. I went to the event. Whereas, same way, same way around, you yeah. didn't get Hellbent until you went to the event. Yeah, because I'm sitting here <laughs> going, I didn't, I didn't finish Hellbent until March. Um, yeah, you read it in February because you went to the event. That's right. 
So Hellbent is yours <laughs> for January, right? Is oh, that what you're, okay. Yeah, Hellbent. Mine. My, uh, oh, go yeah, ahead. Carry on. No, carry on. I'm going to do my honorable mentions. Off. Oh, no. Do, we'll do the, <laughs> save your honorable mentions to the end. Okay. All right. So Hellbent for you for January. Um, my top read for January was A Man Called Uva by Frederick Backman. Nice. so that was actually a book that I had started at the very end of December but it carried over to January yeah. so it counts for January um, but I adored it cried like a baby absolutely loved it all right moving on to February February so I read a lot of romance this month um, so I don't think I read any anything else other than romance, uh, but my choice is Love on the Brain by Ali Hazelwood. Was that um, one of her, didn't she do like the Love Hypothesis? Yeah, 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 it was one of her women in STEM romance books. That's right. Um, but they're different, right? They're not like all the same characters? Yeah. Okay. No, it's all, all different characters, just in different situations, but yeah, it was real, it was, it was sweet, it was... Love, I really enjoyed the Love Hypothesis, and this one was just as good. So, you need to go on and read this. <laughs> I know, I still haven't read Hell Love Hypothesis. Um, it's still sitting back here on my shelf. My top read, oh, my top read for February is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Nice. Yeah, uh, that probably isn't a surprise. Um, that was such a good book. I think I read that at the end of the end of twenty twenty two. Because I know you didn't read it last year. Because I know that when I read it, you had already read it. I was like, "You need to read this. You need yeah. to read it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was—it was so good. It was—it was one of those unexpected. Like I did—I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. Um, yeah, so good. Okay, so then, what is your March book? So March is oh, mine was a really close one in March, and I'm still like I'm looking at the two two right now. I'm actually still deciding. <laughs> Um, so March, mine is um, Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. So this was the one uh, that was on my 12 for 23. And it was the first in her first trilogy. She's got loads out. Um, and yeah, it was really, really good. Just it's such a good epic fantasy trilogy. I remember when you were reading it and you would talk about it. Um, <laughs> have you read the other ones yet? I have. I've, I've read all of the trilogy now. Oh. So... Yeah, I've, I've, she's got about 20 or 30 out there, so I've still got a long way oh, to go. Yeah, <laughs> but I've read the first trilogy, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, good. Um, my top read for March is Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. That it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no surprise there. It was amazing. It was really, really good. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, you know, sometimes that, that, that sophomore book can hit the sophomore slump. And not necessarily be as good. Um, but I really liked it. So. Yeah. All right. What about April? April. Uh, my top read was Wolf Song by TJ Clean. Oh. <laughs> yep. I just got that as a Christmas gift. <laughs> really? Hi. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> Um, what was it about that one? It was just, it was really cozy. It's like any TJ Klein book. It was really cozy and it was just really good characters. Obviously, these, uh, these characters were, it was a lot more fantasy based than than some of the other ones. 
um it's just nice like world building so it's just all very similar to any tj clune book um it's just a good combination of all the of everything that you could want in a in a good kind of cozy fantasy are you have and you it's read very emotional have you read the sequel yet no i still need to get it raven song yeah because i know it, I've it, heard it's good though yeah i've heard it's good it hasn't been out that long no yeah it's only a few months i think yeah all right um we're on what april still yeah um april for me my favorite read was one of us is dead by geneva rose um yeah it was you know it's and it's interesting because it's i'm not also i don't read a lot of like thrillers and things like that so to have kind of like this thriller i guess you could call it it i just i found it more I don't know, there was a there was a humor to it, so it was just yeah. um I just really liked it. Multiple points of view. It was kind of snarky and witty and I loved the narrators and I just I kinda just loved the drama of a reality show. It just like, you yeah. know, the real housewives um vibe that came out of all these rich women who, you know, whatever and obviously one of us is dead you know that one of them dies and so just like what happens and why it just i just it just it had me hooked from the very first page so i just i just and loved it it wasn't that one a random one as well you just found it because it's free yeah you the book in the interim yep because i only have like my audible membership only gives me two audible credits a month um so usually like the last week before i get my new credits sometimes two weeks I don't have anything to listen to because I'm waiting for credits, but you get so many um, free books with your membership, and I think that just happened to be one of them. Um, and now you've got Spotify, who has, which has loads of, of free audiobooks, like premium audiobooks. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because um, I read that one, and then there was a book that I read later in the year that was part of my 12 by 12 and 12 um, <clears throat> which was uh, the one like you shouldn't have come here by Geneva Rose. It was her new release this year. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was, or I guess it was a new. Yeah. Was it as good or? Um, I don't think it was as good. Um, I still really liked it. I loved because you know it's like you go through and you there's still that kind of twist at the end like one of us is dead there was that twist there was definitely a twist at the end of you shouldn't have come here that i wasn't expecting so it was really good um and i've seen some mixed reviews on that one but i i thought it was great so i like i liked both of her books that i read this year but definitely for april my favorite april read it was a really close decision between i married a naga and one of us is dead but <laughs> i went with one of us is dead <laughs> nice um okay what about may may so uh may mine was another fantasy surprise surprise um it was a court of silver flames by sarah j mass <gasps> so this one you haven't read yet but i think this one in my opinion is the best one of the, of the series because Nest, I love Nesta. She's such a badass. I didn't at the beginning of the series. I didn't really like her because I just thought she was just a moody bee. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, she turns into such a badass, and she's 
just such a really interesting, complex character. And the fact that we've got this book that's pretty much all about her, um, that was, it was just really fascinating read. So, yeah. See, I just, I have it sitting on my shelf and I haven't read it. And, you know, and, and I don't mind Nesta and I'm, I'm curious. It's just, again, unpopular opinion. I wasn't a huge fan of the series to start with. Like, yeah, but that was because you didn't like Feyre and Feyre is not in it this much in this one. That's true. I didn't, yeah, I didn't <laughs> care for her, but I also like, this was, this is like the classic example of a really long book that I think could have about 200 pages taken out of yeah. and it would still be great. And I think true. that aspect of it, when I look at that book sitting on my shelf and how thick it is, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to read this and I'm going to, I'm going to go in with the same attitude and about halfway through, I'm going to be like bored. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I wish 200 of these pages had been, you know, cut out. Let me just move to the last 150 pages where I actually begin to like the book. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so. Really I know. I know. I need. I still need to finish Carval. I still. <laughs> I've only read Carval and Legendary. I haven't even read uh, the finale yet. Um, and then you've got two other books. One I four other books that have come out since in that universe once upon a broken heart and yeah but but i think but they're not but they're different they're not part of the original but, trilogy right yeah, but they're part of the universe they're part of the caraval universe right but i just gotta get through the original <laughs> trilogy then the the, the spinoffs and the universe books will come but i just i gotta gotta finish i have like i was just thinking about this the other day i have so many series i need to finish i need to finish that one i need to finish kingdom of the wicked um i need like oh, there's yeah. yeah there's just and now we've got the the new um certain dove we need to finish oh yeah um yeah and there's of course just... the new the new um oh what's it called by neil schusterman gleanings You've got it. It's the Oh yeah, I do need to read that one still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, there's just so much to read. <laughs> last um, year, at the beginning of it, last year I'd finished a lot more series and now they brought them all out and it's like oh, I, I can't finish that series now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to read these series. Okay. So May. So my top read of May was Stars Like Gasoline by Jessica Gravu Glover. Nice. Um, that was such a good book. It was, it, it was another one that surprised me. Like I figured I was going to like it cause mm -hmm. I've liked her other things I've read. Um, but it was so different from like another beast yeah. skin and her fantasies that I, that kind of engaged me and intrigued me from the beginning. And then just how she blended so many different elements together. I just oh, like yeah. the mystery, the, the, like the, the fantasy, the the paranormal piece, the um, it was like uh, the, all the previous books that she's written, and then she hit that sweet spot where yeah. she just seemed to like hit her element, and she did such a good job. There was such a sense of maturity, and the writing was just so well done. Yeah, I just and I just I just loved it. I just yeah, and uh, and it's funny because like people who um are doing like the 12 and the 12 and 12 by 12 challenge and they're like give me a recommendation I've been recommending that book because Aww. I don't it's it's you know she's an indie author like you know yeah. I don't know necessarily that a lot of people are familiar with her work um and it's such a great book it's such a great story that you know 
it's it's a good one to recommend when I don't think people oh, yeah. will have read it. Definitely, yeah. Um, all right, all right. So, moving then on to June. June, uh, it was actually our book club read, which was Happy Place. Mm. That was my, yeah, my June read. Um, I just really enjoyed it. It was nice, kind of like heartwarming, kind of happy go lucky read. Um, I think that was only my second, yeah, only my second Emily Henry book because um, I'd only only read Book Lovers. Yeah. Other than that, um, did you yeah, have you not read People We Meet on Vacation? No, because no, you sold it so well. <laughs> <laughs> there are tons of people out there who love it. It just, I'm not a big fan of the friends to lovers trope. So, yeah. but I did enjoy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I did enjoy. Yeah, um, but I I enjoyed the concept where they traveled to all these different places. I loved I loved like the stories of of their vacations and the and the people they met on vacation. I thought that was a cool concept. I just didn't like the underlining characters <laughs> per se. So, but I did like Happy Place. Happy Place was good. How about yours? What what was your June favorite book? My top read for June was Fourth Wing. Yeah. Why are you giving me that weird... I July. I finished it. Hang on. I... Wait, did you finish it? Oh, wait. I thought I... that you finished it before me, didn't you? I read it. I started it on June 17th and finished it on my birthday, June 29th. So I finished it, like, at the very, very end of June. Oh, uh, yeah. And I started it on June 29th. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it it yeah. it made it oh, in for my for my June read. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That was yeah, such a fantastic read. Such a good read. Such a good read. Um, Which also, funnily enough, was a um, that one was oh wait, Happy Place was our it one of the two, wasn't it? One was official book club and one was unofficial book club. No, I we did both of them were official book club reads. How is it only a month's difference? Oh, because we did one in June and one in August, didn't we? That's why. Um, I think, I think we well, it wasn't like... May. I think May was the was happy place, and then August was. I don't know, maybe or June and August. Yeah. I just also i I try to read our book club books early, so that I know that they're done. So. <laughs> You guys yeah. like to do it right up. Well, Steph likes to do it up until like the minute before we start recording. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'd be like scaring you to make you think we're not going to have. I know. You <laughs> stress me out. The last book, um, Holly, every day was like, you guys finished it yet? How, how are you doing with the, with the book club book? And yeah. Like, and then Steph didn't five. even finish the last two stories. <clears throat> yeah. We need to ask her if she's finished them now or if she just gave up. So, oh well. She hasn't read them because we sold them so well. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the last one, the Krampus book, the Krampus short story, that was, I liked that one. I thought that was an interesting one. The other one wasn't so good. Yeah, she could have skipped the second one, but number, short story number 11, she can skip. She should probably read 12. So, okay, moving on. We're halfway done. July. What was your top read of July? Mine is not surprising, the fourth wing. Mm, yep. Not at all. Be. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> why not? It was full swing. It was amazing. <laughs> My top read of July was A Soul of Ash and Blood by Jennifer Armentrout. 
Um, and that one, you know, what is that, number five? Number four? That's number five? Five. Um, I think it's number five. A lot of people didn't like this one because it was a different perspective. Like, people are like, nothing mm. happened, nothing happened. No- I think a lot happened. And I think that it also filled in a lot of holes from the first four books because you never got to see anything from Cass's perspective. Um, so I really, really enjoyed this book. And I thought the ending was an oh-my-God ending. It was so good. And, I, yeah, I loved hearing more from Cass. I think adding that... Because I remember we, we spoke about this because this was kind of like a, a little buddy read that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just like we did for The War of Two Queens. And I remember us saying, oh, like, do we really need Cass's um, point of view from the beginning of the story again? And what value is it going to bring? And it actually turns out it brought so much to the story. It, like, added so much more depth and lay- and kind of so much more context. And it didn't seem repetitive or boring. And it was, yeah, such a fantastic read. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so good. And I'm just, I'm pretty sure that this is the one, this is the series. There's another one coming out this month or this this year, but I don't think it's an additional. I think it's part of this one. Yeah, it's like a, com- you know. offshoot. Yeah, so I'm a little disappointed. I, I want to keep going with the story. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer. But I think in, in total, I thought it was like a seven or eight book series in total. So we still have we still have more time to go. Um, all right. Moving on to August. What's your top read of August? I know you're having a COVID coughing spell right now. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to I'm trying to fill fill the moments until you can speak again. Thank you. Um, funnily enough, uh, my August is is a soul of ash and blood. <laughs> Mine's really easy. <laughs> We've spoken about it already. It's all good. Yep. Um, it's funny though that we're like, this just shows I try to get my books done early. <laughs> exactly. It's because you. Yeah. I think I was reading two books at the time, so I wasn't putting in as much kind of concentration on the a soul of ash and blood. Because I started on twenty first July, but didn't finish it until seventh of August. So. Oh well, you finished it at the very end of July, so that makes sense. I finished it, finish it 7th of August, but I started yeah. it on 21st of July. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so my August read is Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez, um, which is interesting for me to have a rom-com on my list. Um, Definitely. But August was, August was a slow month for me as far as the things that I read. Um, but this one was just, it was just really, really really cute and I loved um just like how the representation with like anxiety and things like that were portrayed in the book and I thought it was really sweet um so and and what was interesting is this was like technically book two uh there was Hmm. one there's a there was a book that came out before it but it's one of those books you don't have to read book one to read book two because even though they're in the same world, like the first book dealt with primarily the two other characters and this one dealt with the different characters. So they're friends, like it's best friends, so they're, they're interchangeable. Um, but not having read the first book didn't impact it, which is good because I didn't realize that until I was 
like finishing reading. So yeah. All right. What about yours? What was your your July? Or I'm sorry, your August. Or you already said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yours was September. soul of. <laughs> See, now we're getting towards the end of the year, and now I'm losing my mind. All right, we're on to... You're allowed to. You've got loads of time off. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, my brain doesn't need to function. Okay, so now we're on to your birthday month, September. Yeah. What was your favorite September read? I mean, my favorite September read was also my favorite September book gift, and that was The Brothers Hawthorne. Mine, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good book. Oh, my God. It was so good. I will say, I didn't like it as much as I liked the main trilogy um yeah the main trilogy was better but i did did really 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 love it yeah um, it was cute so and of course you bought it for me of course <laughs> it was your birthday present <laughs> i think it literally came out day for my birthday didn't it something crazy like that yeah it was like so. yeah um <laughs> or earlier that week i think like your birthday was like yeah. on a like on a thursday or friday and it came out on tuesday um yeah so it was definitely worth the perfect timing. Exactly. <laughs> it was the perfect gift. All right. Then we move into October, the spooky season. What was your favorite read of September? Or, sorry, of October. See, there I go again. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> uh, my favorite one was Hidden Pictures by Jason McCulloch. Oh, I forgot that you hadn't was. read it yet. It was so good. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. Absolutely loved it. And the pictures. Because I wanted to wait until I could get it physical. And it's harder mm-hmm. for me to get physical over here. Um and I'm so glad I waited because the pictures just made it so much more spooky. Oh, was, yeah, um, the pictures are so everything. Good. Oh, what a great book. I forgot that you hadn't read it. And I forgot that you did read it this year. Um, my favorite book um, was The September House by Carissa Orlando. Um, Ooh, okay. yeah, loved it. It was just... It was it was just such like a satirical parody of like a horror book and it was just it was just really really good. It was funny, it was gross, it was just it was really good. It was very surprising. Um but I did enjoy that one. Um All right. Almost done. Last 2 months. <laughs> I mean, November is going to be the same for both of us. Let's face oh, it. absolutely. So what is it? What's our November favorite read? <laughs> so our November was Iron Flame. Absolutely. Of course. Uh, of course. Um, kind of goes without saying. Don't really think we even need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we Have we spoken about it a lot already? So. <laughs> <laughs> it was our bonus book club um, last, last episode. Uh, all right. So then December. What is your favorite read then to wrap up this year? So I'm kind of cheating um, because I am about to finish it, but I know that I'm enjoying it more than I'm enjoying everything else I've read so far this month. Um, so I am going with Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. Mm. Um, it's just really sort of, it's cute and at the same time it's emotional and it's just, I feel like I'm currently getting up to the point where it's going to get even more emotional. Um, it's really good narrative, multiple na- mo- multiple points of view, which I always love, um, and it's just a really nice setting. So I think it's a really good mixture of, of all the good all of all the good bits of stories. I love that. Um, my so yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's part of my 
12 and 12 by 12. So um, I'm really excited to read it. I was so excited when someone recommended it um, for my list. So my favorite, and I deba- I did debate um, for, for December, but I went ahead and went with Bright Lights, Big Christmas by Mary Kay Andrews. Yeah. You know, we already talked about it a little bit. Um, it was just... It was just so super cute and so super sweet, and I just loved it so much. Um, but it, it's just like it makes me relook at my list, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I have two flat out like romance books on <laughs> on my top twelve of the year. So to me, I'm like that just seems so unheard of. That's pretty crazy for you. I mean, I think I've only got like one. Oh wait, no, I've got I've got two romance, two romance on my list. And I'd bet eighty percent are um a fantasy. One thriller. <laughs> well, there you go. So, okay. So, how about now we've done the twelve months? Uh, do you have any months where you had an honourable mention? Um, I had three additional books that I read throughout the year that I thought, you know, I did kind of debate about them um one of them was happy place which was one of your monthly monthly picks Mm -hmm. um, by emily henry um my other honorable mention is um divine rivals which we've kind of talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about um because the sequel came out but you know i liked it didn't love it but i really did like it it was different it was it was creative and unique and I just there was there's so many things in it that I love that um, definitely deserves to be on my honorable mention list and then my last one um, was a retelling of Persephone and Hades and it was a touch of darkness um, it was the first in Ooh, that series yeah. um, by Scarlett St. Clair and that one that was another one that surprised me. I again, it was I got it as a free, free audiobook to fill my time, um, and I was like, "Huh, I really, really love this, this kind of setup, these characters, yeah. the the conflict in there, like how it's just all built together." Um, and Persephone and Hades is one of my more favorite mythological kind of stories so um so yeah so those are my three honorable mentions for the year what what honorable mentions do you have uh so i also had three as well um i had two in january and one in march so the two in january were tom felton's um autobiography Mm. because it just brought all the nostalgia back it was like it was just a nice little kind of blast blast from the past and memories of harry potter um, which kind of I also got from playing the Harry Potter game Hogwarts Legacy, but oh, yep. hearing like it being taught, like because I listened to the audiobook, it was just a yeah nice little kind of trip down memory lane as such. Um, also, I read in January The Toll by Neil Shusterman, and I really enjoyed. I, I loved the whole of that series. I um, didn't realize you had just oh, wow. It's like I, I forget what we've read and what we talk about because I'm like, really? You just finished the series this year? It's January. I know. It was January. That's why I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, so. <laughs> but, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, just the whole trilogy was was such a good concept. I loved the idea. Of, um, what were your thoughts on the ending, this? though? Like, of the ending of the, of the, of the whole thing? 
to that now. I can't remember it. <laughs> Sniping in the spot. So I'll, I'll give you a couple little hints. So they were building stuff that they, on like that island. Hey. So. With the, with the blood. Yeah. So what yeah, were your, yeah. so like for me, I was disappointed with the ending of the, of the entire trilogy. I'm like, that's not the ending that I was expecting or that I kind of really wanted. I feel like it was like mm. almost a cop out or like escapism or something like to, you know, yeah. what were your thoughts on the ending of that series? No, I do agree. I mean, I think it could have been slightly better. Um, uh, it would probably be even better if I could remember all of it. But <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't remember like going crazy over the ending. Um, I do remember. Yeah, as you say, it didn't feel like it pro- properly did justice to the story. Yeah. That's one thing I do remember is that I remember yeah thinking that it hadn't quite kind of hit the nail on the head as such. Um, the lead up to it was was pretty intense. That was oh really yeah, good. yeah. That I'd was agree. like crazy. Uh, but yeah, no, it kind of went from crazy action to like the ending when it was just strange. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, so, other than that, my other oh, my other honourable mention was from March, and that was Stolen Air by Holly, mm. Holly Black. Um, it was just nice to be back in that world again. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it's my favourite one of the month. Um, it was close, but yeah, it was just it was a nice little kind of because I love absolutely loved the Folk in the Air trilogy. Mm-hmm. That was such a good trilogy, and I wouldn't say it's as good as that. But it was still nice to kind of be back with with some of our old characters again. Yeah, and I, I liked seeing Oak older. Yeah, um, that was really sweet. Yeah, and it was yeah, I liked it too. Definitely, like you said, not as good as the the Cruel Prince and um, the main trilogy, but definitely equally equally well worthy of praise. All right, so there are our top. 12 reads of the year with a couple honorable mentions so now we have to say that the time has come and I'm still struggling a little bit on which one I want to go with um, it's between two but you're, for your overall favorite read of 2023 what are you going to go with and why you know it's really funny so the last two years um, we had exactly the same favorite book um, I remember we've had this so many times and last year it was from my recommendation. The year before that was your recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year was more a case of seeing what the hype was about, seeing if the hype was real and whether it was just, whether it was that good of a book or whether it was just one of those books like a, I don't know, like a Colin, Colin Hoover book where it was easy to read, so it made loads of money kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but we read it, we read it, and it turned out it wasn't just hype. It was a really good book. It was such, I think it's just unique concept, and I love the whole military college. Uh, so, yes, my favorite book of the year, of 2023, was Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaris. Great <laughs> choice. Um 
Yeah. And and I too absolutely adored that book. Um and it's I'm debating and I'm gonna make a decision here in a second. <laughs> I have to. Um it's between Fourth Wing and another read. And it's it's funny that I'm even in this position because it's like, you know, a year even like a year ago I would never have been like, Oh, fantasy absolutely, without a doubt. It's going to be my favorite book. Um, and and it's, like, I'm probably going to regret it. I'm probably going to go back and be like, no, I'm going to change it. Like, I'm going to think more about it. I'm like, no, I'm going to change my mind. But I, as much as I loved Fourth Wing, and it surpassed every piece of hype and word that was said about it, and absolutely loved it beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew I was going to love it. I, I, I just, you know, it was one of those where it's just like, this is, this is, this is my book. It's, 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 it's my, my comfort zone, my comfort genre yeah. that I'm actually going to go with a different, a different one for my top read. Oh, I know the first, I know the first time in three years that we haven't had the same favorite, favorite pick, but I know, but I am, am going to go with a different one because it's not typically the type of book that I would normally read. Um, I only read it probably because it was part of one of my challenges. Um, and I, list, I, you know, I did the audio book <clears throat> and part of it was because I, the day I started it, I had a... Um, I had to take a road trip to see my son's soccer game where he, it was three hours away. So I drove three hours to watch his game and listened and started and listened to the audiobook. Then I had three hour drive home. So I listened to, to the book for six hours straight. Um, and for an audiobook, I don't really usually have that much time. But I think because I had it, I just got so invested in it. I got invested with the character. Um, she, it just, I just loved her. I just loved what she stood for. I just, you know, you know, my heart connected to her. Um, I felt her pain and just, and, and what she was able to do and overcome. And I just thought it just, it was just such an amazing book that I'm going to have to go with my favorite book of 2023 being Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. That was a good choice. That is a really good choice. And to yeah. be fair, that would be definitely up there if I hadn't read it in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. that was an absolutely fantastic book. And have you have you started the TV series yet? No, but I'm going to because um, we we are driving out to um, Disneyland this week. Um, we leave on on Wednesday, so that's like a good four and a half hour drive um, from our house to the hotel. So I. I have my, I got a new phone, so it comes with my three months free mm -hmm. Apple TV. Um, so I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get my Apple TV and I am going to watch it because it's just like, nice. and, and it's, it's funny because I'm so much more motivated to read or to watch the Lessons in Chemistry adaptation than I am to, to, to finish season two of uh, Shadow and Bone, which I still haven't done. That should be my New Year's resolution. No, Lessons in Chemistry was done really well. Um, the TV series, is, it really does it justice. Oh, Especially God. 6.30. I love 6.30. Oh, I love 6.30 <laughs> too. And I just I just adored him. And it's just, yeah. So um, 
Yeah, so there you have it. There are top picks of 2023. It was a good year. Was it good year? I can't believe it's over. It's I just, know. I swear the years just go faster and faster. Um. So yeah, when we come back on, obviously we'll be it'll be 2024. I, know. I mean, right now as we're speaking and people are listening, it's 2024. Right. So hello, future me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right, Liz, that means it's time. For our final slash for you guys, the first. Yeah. Either or. Of 2023 slash four. Exactly. <laughs> so this one was a bit harder for us to do um, because usually we have like a, a topic or a concurrent theme for, for the show, but obviously this time has been more about the new year and a summary of 2023. So we've gone for, for that kind of theme um, as such. Yep. So my hopefully my voice is going to survive. I, I'm sure it will. Okay. Uh, same as always, because uh, it's just the two of us. It will just be okay, Holly and then me. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Goodbye 2023 or hello 2024? Hello 2024. Same. Hello, 2024. Going out or staying in? I am staying in. Oh, I'm staying in. I'm too old to go out. Then you still have COVID. <laughs> and I still have COVID. Yes, that is that as well. Okay, New Year's resolutions, yes or no? No, I don't do them. Uh, I do sometimes. Okay. So I'll give you yes. Okay. Uh, reading goals or reading challenges? I do both. It's either or. It's not either or. Ugh. <laughs> All right. I do both, but I enjoy the reading challenges more than uh, making sure I read a certain number. Yeah, I'm going to say reading challenges. Um, year of new books or years to reduce TBR? <laughs> new books. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to try and bring, reduce my TBR down because... Mine is getting a bit out of hand. <laughs> See, mine is too, but... It's been out of hand for years. <laughs> but you just don't keep track of it, and then it doesn't feel bad. I don't. But then I look at my bookcases and I go, no, 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 no. I haven't read that. I haven't read that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I should read some of those. <laughs> I look at my books like you would view art on the wall. That's a good, that's a good way of viewing it. See? There you go. That's a good view. Um... <laughs> Book journal or tracking on an app? Again, I do both. Um, but I like my book journal. My homemade book journal. I like the idea of book journal, so I'm going to say book journal. Uh, increase book goal or lower slash keep the same? Oh, we already talked about this. Um, I yeah, nice. This year, I'm going to increase it by, but just by a smidge. And I am lowering mine. Well. Uh, finish up book for New Year or bring it through to 2024? Uh, bring it through 2024. I'm going to try and finish up my book. Not both of them, just the one. Yeah. Because um, I'm being a realist here. <laughs> um, okay, so stay up or go to bed before midnight? I don't know. It depends on what we end up doing. Um, probably I'm too old to care anymore about it. So I... <laughs> If I'm tired, I will go to bed. 
Okay, so is that your way of saying go to bed for me? I'm going to say go to bed. Okay. I'm, I used to stay up for New Year's, to be fair. So. Oh. Um, and finally, more or less reviews in 2024. Hopefully more, because time just got away from me this year, and I still have, like, I think seven that I still need to write. You've only got seven? Wow, I... Like, I, I have about five just on NetGalley to do. Well, I did... I'm reviewing books from, like, June. <laughs> what I ended up doing was I did two. I did two reviews where I did multiple books. I just did really short mini reviews. So one post I had, like... I that. that. was a really good idea. Yeah, and it's just, like... But the ones that I know I have a lot more to say, I'm gonna I'm saving for individual reviews. Uh, but that's how okay. I... Otherwise, I had, like, out of 20... It's the only way I was able to, like, knock it down a little bit. Were some of your mini reviews, were they for any NetGalley reads, or are they just any books? They were all um, just my normal reads. I haven't – I'm very, very particular when it comes to NetGalley because, again, like, I don't like to feel the pressure of having to read by certain times. So I haven't had a NetGalley book since um, maybe August or September. Um, and usually I only request one or two at a time. Um, yeah, I learned my lesson from like from when I first started, and I got loads at once, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. So um, because I don't want like my fear is that I request like you know twenty books, hoping I'll get one, and end up getting twenty books. Yeah. Um, so I just yeah, I'm very fun. slow when it comes to to NetGalley um, or any of those other um, arc organizations that yeah. you know that are out there i usually try to make sure i only have one arc from one organization going at a time just because of my time frame so yeah and no, i'm gonna definitely aim for more reviews because this year has probably been my worst year for reviews um i have probably done about five to ten if that um so yeah it's been a pretty a pretty crazy year um for that but so i definitely want to do some more uh, so yeah, that is it. That is the last slash first, um, <laughs> either or of twenty twenty. I know. <laughs> so either or, this is our bonus either or question. Does this episode count as the last episode of twenty twenty three because we're recording it on Saturday the thirtieth, or does it count as the first episode of twenty twenty four because it drops on January first? I think it should count as the last one. Because we, the last episode we did, we didn't say it was the last one. And I feel like we need one where we say this is the last episode of 2023. And there, you just said it, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then it, it then it's final. This I is our... We need, we need that. Yeah, this is our last, our final, that was our final either or of 2023. And the next show will be 2024. There you go. Which will still come out in January. So... Yeah, exactly. Oh, and you know the exciting thing is that I believe this year is the year that Caleb, uh, C.T. Ortega, brings out his, his zombie book. And you know why that's exciting? It's exciting because me and Holly are in it. We're going to be brain-eating zombies. Yay! So, yeah, 2024 is a big year for us. We are being immortalized in, in fiction for the first time ever. Speaking of Caleb, he's been pretty quiet lately on Instagram. Yeah, oh, he's a, he's a, um, a librarian now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he's been bringing out children's books. Yeah. That's so cool. He's like, hurry up. I need to know what happens at the end of the series. I know. It's a five-book series and, like, you That's know. you've done four. <laughs> I know. Let's go. Um, 
Yeah. So we'll need to reach out. Maybe we'll bring him back on the show. We I think we still have one author slot episode, uh, like episode, in the fall, that's still open. Um, bring him so, back to talk zombies. Yeah, we can bring him back because he was uh, one of our kind of like Jessica. Who's he was our one of best. our yeah. He's uh, our very first um, author, wasn't he? Yeah. And thinking about how many books he's written and everything that's happened. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, okay, so we have a full year coming up um, for 2024. Like um, I just said, you know, our calendar for the year is pretty much booked for shows. Um, we may decide as we move through that something comes up when we want to do a bonus a bonus show or whatever. Um, we already have a couple months where there's two shows planned. Um, we have, we're going to meet some new authors. We already have a lot of authors coming to the show for the first time. Um that we're super excited about and um we'll be back later in january um with our long overdue episode which talking about our tbrs (laughs) which is perfect because Uh that is uh um one of liz's goals is to reduce her tbr it's a a sore subject (laughs) so you're, you're lucky you've got quite short small bookcases if i was behind my bookcases right now you would see just how about it. <laughs> yeah, mine. Uh, yeah, well, I have like I need more bookshelves because I have stacks of books on the floor that won't fit on my bookshelves. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But, I have like loads more bookcases and lots of bookshelves. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Liz. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. Yep. So you can find me on Instagram uh, at Lizzie's Little Book Nook. And my website, uh, when I update it, <laughs> is lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. Holly, how about you? Where, where can we find you? On Instagram, I'm at azdesert underscore bookworm. And my website, since I got yelled at last episode for saying www, I won't say it anymore. So my website, <laughs> <laughs> my website is just azdesertbookworm.com. So that was much easier to say, I will admit. Exactly. Um, so otherwise, you just like trip over, like www. It's like it's just mouthful. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm articulate sometimes, so <laughs> it's okay. What is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, Liz. Well, you know what? It has been an amazing year. Thanks for being such a fantastic co-host as we wrap up another Aww, year. I, I look you. forward to, to what next year holds for us. Many more buddy reads and book club reads and lots of fun. Lots of lots of shenanigans on the on this hot mess of a show that we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my New Year's resolution is for my computer not to die in the middle of a show. That would be good. Yeah. You never so, know. <laughs> you never know. So always stay on our toes. So we hope that everyone has a safe and wonderful um New Year's Eve ringing into the new year. Um, Happy 2024. And we will be back later in January with our first official episode of the year. So until then, happy reading. Happy reading. And enjoy the new year. Bye.